today on Lawyers Rising. You know, attorneys do not hire uh, attorneys that look weak. And I think that there's just this kind of innate prejudice in the legal profession. Why ego damages the careers of so many attorneys. Hello and welcome. I'm joined once again by the founder and chief executive of BCG Attorney Search, Harrison Barnes. Hi, Harrison. Thanks for making time for me. Oh, thank you. Well, I'm really interested in talking about ego with you. We've discussed it in um, more broader terms in the past about how one's ego can affect uh, the way uh, that your career will unfold. Um, but you kind of get even deeper in this article and listeners can find a link to the article in the show description where you go really deep into how ego has affected your life, how you've seen it affect the lives of other lawyers. Um, why don't we start though about uh, and ask the question why you wanted to to talk about this? Why did you want to write this article? Um, it's quite a lengthy piece and you go into a lot of detail. Um, why did you feel it was necessary to kind of share this with folks? Well, you know, one thing that I've seen is, you know, both among, you know, men and women attorneys is, is you know, that a lot of their, and, and people that aren't attorneys, is that a lot of their lives are, are really controlled by their egos and their, their careers are, uh, you know, are controlled by their egos. And it's just, it becomes like this kind of all-consuming thing in terms of how, you know, our accomplishments and, uh, you know, how others see us and, and so forth uh, make us feel about ourselves or, you know, what we need to prove. And it's just, it, it's, and especially among the most successful attorneys a lot of times, and it's, it's something I think that people, you know, pick up at a, at, you know, at a fairly young age and, um, and, they, and they carry with them their entire careers. And I think it's very harmful. Yeah. You know, I think it affects a lot of people, uh, especially in their younger years. Um, but do you think lawyers, attorneys are more prone to falling prey to uh, the need to fill your ego, uh, to have your ego stroked constantly? Uh, is there something about the makeup psychologically of attorneys that makes them more prone to this? I think so. Um, you know, and I, I also think that um, a, a lot of the way that the legal profession works is it becomes very difficult to uh, get positive feedback a lot of times, you know, from other attorneys. You know, so they a lot of times attorneys will, um, you know, really be dependent on it. And, um, and I also think that, uh, yeah, I think that a, a lot of people, uh, you know, their, their egos are very dependent. And, and it's certainly not all attorneys by any stretch of the imagination, and it's not all good attorneys, and it's not all of the most successful attorneys. But a, lo a lot of times the ability to, you know, you have to be able to kind of work yourself up and a lot of the most successful attorneys will, you know, be able to work themselves up into this frenzy about how they're right and, you know, how important they are and, and all this sort of thing in, in order to be successful representing clients. And I think, I think that there's, you know, kind of two aspects to the ego that I think are important and, and, and I, and I kind of talk about it later in the article, but I think one of the most important aspects is, the first thing that people do is they, they have these egos and some people have stronger egos than others. And the people that have the strongest egos typically are capable of accomplishing the most uh, a lot of times. But what happens to a lot of people uh, is a significant percentage of attorneys get their egos crushed. And once their egos are crushed, then they, a lot of times they stop trying or they put themselves in situations where they don't do as well as they can. And then there are people that just have balanced egos that do very well uh, and, and are the happiest, but that's kind of the rarest, I think. 
Yeah. And that balanced kind of ego where you're doing things that make you feel happy, not necessarily to impress others. It's a kind of a hard road for a lot of people to get there. And, you know, you mentioned that the attorneys are a little bit more prone to this. And part of it, I think, has to do with the nature of the job. The fact that you, you really, in order to succeed, right, through law school, in through your first uh, few years, uh, and then as you rise up the ladder, you can't appear weak. You can't appear vulnerable. Uh, you have to appear extremely competent, uh, extremely strong. And that kind of can create some real psychological difficulties for people because that's not how reality works. We all have our ups and downs, right? So to constantly have to create this facade around you of total competence, uh, total um, strength of mind and will, um, it, it's sort of setting yourself up for failure a little bit, isn't it? Yeah. And the problem is, is I think that the, the legal profession, like anytime somebody looks weak, you know, uh, comes down very, very hard on them, you know, so, you know, attorneys do not hire uh, attorneys that look weak. And I think that there's just this kind of innate prejudice in the legal profession where, you know, you can't be honest necessarily about your feelings or, you know, uh, about your weakness. And I think you're expected to be that way because of sort of the way that, uh, you know, when you're representing a client, you're not expected to be able to, you're expected not to show their weakness as much as possible. So when it comes around to you, uh, you know, it's, it's the same thing is expected because you're the client. So herein lies the kind of uh, the dichotomy between having to appear this way, but also how this can mislead you or lead you down the wrong path in your career. Because as you mentioned in the article, you've dealt with people that come from you know, high-end law firms that just aren't able to be honest and open with you about what they want, what mistakes they've made in the past, and how you can how they can take and receive advice to actually get better and improve their career going forward. It kind of creates a bit of a, a trap, an ego trap, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, like these very successful attorneys, like a lot of times they, you know, it's this sense of needing to control everything and not looking vulnerable and you know, so instead of applying to, you know, or, you know, looking at, you know, 30 or 40 firms, which, you know, honestly, I mean, you know, in many cases, uh, they should be looking at even more than that. They may look at only one or two because they don't want to get rejected or three or four firms or, you know, and, um, and they just, you know, they, they need to control the whole process and, uh, you know, and they control this, you know, information and things around them and it's just it's it's very common i mean i've noticed it for the past 20 plus years and other people that have worked with very successful attorneys in our firm have noticed the same thing and i think that uh, you know i think that you know it's a sign that you know in order to become successful or be successful a lot of times you you know you you are very careful about um you know getting advice from others and being vulnerable mm. And the idea of trying to bend your will, bend the world around yourself, again, highly effective uh, in the courtroom, uh, in, the, in the career, but maybe not so much in, in your life. Can you talk a little bit about that, about the problems of trying to bend all of reality to your will and how that can kind of create difficulties for you later on in your career? Well, you know, one thing about um, a lot of times, and I've been thinking about this a lot lately, is, you know, a lot of the most successful business people you know, out there. And, you know, the, many times they will have big egos, but most of the success that a lot of, you know, very, very successful business people have is, is based on their ability to, you know, make all sorts of connections with other people and to uh, get information from other people and uh, to, to set up alliances and to cooperate and to, you know, bring people in under the same 
umbrella and so forth. And, 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 and a lot of times they'll do that with a big ego. I mean, I'm not saying that the egos don't exist in business, but for the most part, I mean, that's something that a lot of the most successful business people are able to do. And, um, and, and one of the successes of business, but when an attorney's involved, attorneys are just very good at, you know, the, the hiding information and, uh, pressing their, their thing forward and not, you know, and, uh, you know, a lot in, uh, there's all sorts of, uh, you know, stereotypes of attorneys and kind of bending their will. And, you know, and so in order to get their way, they do it a lot of times through sleight of hand, deceit, uh, you know, like, um, you know, and then, you know, having a position and, and necessarily not necessarily networking the stuff as effectively and, uh, you know, as, as other people might in, in business. And it's just a, and it's a very kind of, you know, solitary type of game. And, uh, and they, they, the attorneys play it against each other and, and so forth. So I think, you know, the idea is when you're, when you're trying to bend your will, you're deciding you want something um, and you're doing whatever you can to get it, but you're not necessarily, um, you know, taking into account, I don't know, the, you know the, the, what that's doing, you know, to your internal world or the people around you. Mm, exactly. It, it kind of creates a kind of warped uh, reality around you, a distortion field around you, where after a while you kind of lose the plot a little bit about what is real and what isn't, and, and what are your real wants and desires. Um, and I really wanted to focus on that point about doing things uh, that will give you the appearance of wealth and power, which so many people are obsessed with. I, you know, especially young men are especially prone to this. I myself definitely fell into this trap in my 20s and 30s. Um, but this often, and, and some people never get over it. You know, some people are obsessed with appearing wealthy and powerful right till the end. I can think of a few powerful people in United States politics right now that come to mind. Um, but, you know, you've talked very deeply in the um, article about uh, the kind of poison that that can bring into your life and about how ultimately the people that are that obsessed with it, um, it ends up kind of destroying them in the end because they're chasing all the wrong things. Can you kind of expand on that point a little bit? Because I found it really kind of quite poignant and powerful. Well, you know, I mean, it's just, it's, it's these, you know, um, I, I think it's, you know, one of the things that I talked about, uh, you know, in the article was, um, you know, th this, this one attorney I was talking to and asking me if I, uh, you know, seeing kind of these most successful attorneys and, you know, the, the most successful attorneys are, you know, I mean, there's lots of attorneys out there that have books of business well into the tens of millions of dollars. But I mean, if you get over 5 million in business, I mean, you know, you're in pretty good shape. And, you know, and a lot of times, you know, you, you look at those people and you say, do they, you know, what are they doing? I mean, what is it, you know, that someone that's, you know, really doing a good job and, and doing a good job in their career, like what, what is it they're accomplishing? And, and most of the time I notice that, you know, they will, they'll, they may be doing well financially and building a lot of hours or bringing their business. But a lot of times, in addition to all those things, they won't, you know, there'll be things that aren't balanced. They won't necessarily have you know, good relationships with their children, or they'll have, um, you know, health problems or substance abuse problems, or, you know, they'll be very stressed out and, and, and or they won't have good relationships with their colleagues. And, you know, so all this stuff that's driving their success is, you know, kind of doing so at the, you know, exclusion of other things. And, and so what is it that's driving that? Is it their need to, you know, look as, as accomplished as other people or more accomplished? I don't know. But, you know, these hard charging people a lot of times have a lot of problems. And I've seen several of them, um, you know, go to prison, for example, I mean, for committing crimes, or they're just trying to get money or, 
uh, you know, up, up, one up someone. And then the other example I gave in the article was, you know, this guy that, um, you know, just had this business where he was, you know, making all this money, but he was, you know, abusing all these drugs and, you know, and, and, uh, you know, and gambling and, you know, just all these things. Cause he wanted to, I think, you know, I mean, obviously it was very addictive behavior, but at the same time, I think he, he wanted to feel a certain way or, you know, or, or look like he was important and, um, you know, and it ended up killing him when he was very young. So I, I, I think that, you know, there's, there's all sorts of people out there and, um, you know, and, um, you know, and they rely on uh, approval from others. And I think, you know, or they're competitive with others and they want to look a certain way. And I, and I think that's what's so, you know, can be so damaging, um, you know, when you, when you put, you know, your ego in front of, you know, when you, when you're more concerned about getting fulfillment through that, then, you know, maybe other ways you could do it that would be better. It took you a while to get here, though, didn't it? I mean, you weren't always um, this zen about things. You chased these sorts of uh, uh, wealth and, and power and fast cars and big houses earlier on in your career. What, what kind of snapped you out of it? Um, I think we all kind of, at a certain point, uh, many of us kind of come to a realization that this stuff is ultimately kind of empty. Um, what was it for you? Well, what I realized is I think a lot of those things, you know, from, for me come from a, uh, you know, like there's, there's a sense of, you know, internal lack, you know, so, and, I, and I, there's no other explanation because there's no reason, there's no reason that anyone, you know, needs to drive, you know, uh, an expensive car. I mean, there's, it really isn't. I mean, you can drive around on a, you know, anything and it's within reason. And I mean, it's fine. There's no reason that someone needs to live in a, in a very, very, you know, expensive house. I mean, you know, if you look at someone like Warren Buffett, he doesn't live in an expensive house or drive expensive cars, and there's no reason to. I mean, the only reason you would need to do those things is if you cared about how other people saw you. And, you know, and I see people driving around where I live, you know, uh, which is in Los Angeles all the time, and they drive around in Rolls Royces and all this kind of stuff. And it's all about, you know, it's about, you know, being seen a certain way. And, and I guess what, from my standpoint, is you know, what kind of brought me to that situation is, uh, you know, I, I have no, you know, um, you know, I mean, I, you know, I, I realize in my state of my life that there's other things that are more important. I mean, you know, I think my children are more important. I think, you know, my uh, personal relationships are more important. I think, you know, uh, worrying about the kind of service I'm providing to the people you know, they use the, the companies I work with is important. I think advice like this is more important. Uh, I think, you know, and, but I think, and I, and, but I think what really brought me to that situation is just how many people I've seen like destroy their lives and just spend so much time, you know, worrying about all these things about like how they're, you know, compared to others and, you know, and, and, and cheating people and, and stealing from them and hurting them and, you know, getting sick, you know, by, you know, pushing yourself after something and, you know, going to jail and all these things. I mean, what is it? I mean, who cares? I mean, it's just the whole thing is just, you know, obviously people want to live a good life and they, you know, you want to make um, a good living and you want to provide value to the world. But I think this, you know, when, when people are trying to, uh, you know, do something or, or get something or, or be seen a certain way, it just, it seems you know, like it's, uh, 
it's, it's a wasted life. I'm reminded of a study that was referenced in an article I was reading today, but I've heard about it for years now. And it was uh, trying to answer the question, does money bring happiness? It's something we've always heard about. Uh, does mo can money buy happiness? And the conclusion of the article or the study was that it absolutely buys happiness up until about $75,000 a year. Um, there's a dramatic increase from you know poverty to, to making about 75000 a year. But from 75000 up to you know, a several billion a year, there's no noticeable increase in happiness. And that's quite revealing, I think. It kind of shows that um, you can, once you take care of your creature comforts and can save for your family's future, that's about all you really need. Uh, and everything above that is just kind of trying to fill some sort of ego. I think so. I mean, and, you know, I've told this story before. I don't know that I've told it to you, but, you know, the happiest I ever was, I was living in a, um, in, I was clerking for a, a, a federal judge in a small town in Michigan. And, uh, I lived in an apartment that cost, you know, $600 a month. And, uh, and I, you know, was living with, uh, you know, my fiance at the time, and we had a great relationship. And, you know, and I got out of work at a good hour every day, like at five, I was doing interesting work. Uh, you know, I didn't have a lot of pressures. And I had, you know, friends uh, outside of work and at work. And, you know, and that was great. I mean, that was, and there was nothing, I, there was nothing to prove in that small town to anyone. I mean, no one cared. You know, and, um, you know, so no one was trying to be anything. And then, you know, when you start going into these, uh, you know, big legal markets like, you know, um, you know, New York and Los Angeles and stuff, all of a sudden it's, you know, I mean, there's all these other things that people start being measured by. It's not, it's, you know, your qualifications, your, you know, how well you did in your school, like how much money you have, where you live, your neighborhood, the school's. I mean, it's just, the whole thing is just, it's, it's, it's crazy. And, and what I've found in my, I believe is that, you know, most of the people that I've met, uh, you know, in, you know, in these big cities and so forth, and, uh, you know, that are very, very competitive, um, you know, they're, they're certainly, uh, you know, they're quicker on their feet and harder working and, uh, you know, but they're not happier, uh, definitely, uh, you know, they're not. And so, you know, so that, that to me says a lot of that stuff doesn't matter. I mean, it's just, you know, I mean, you, the, the, the objective of a life I would think to would be to enjoy yourself and to be happy and, you know, and to raise happy children and, you know, and not to have people that are, you know, having all these issues, you know, kids are having all these issues and stuff. Yeah, I often wonder, like, why would people, you know, see, as you mentioned, you know, people that um, work themselves to death or will do all sorts of unsavory things in order to get to the top, whatever the top is. You often want to kind of stop and ask them, like, what are you really trying to do here? Like, why, why are you doing what you're doing? And I think that's why your question here about focusing on your ego and asking, are you doing this in order to try and, and fill some sort of hole in yourself um, is going to lead you to a pretty dark path. But lest we, you know, can't over-concentrate too much on all these dark stories of people that have uh, ended up in jail or killed themselves with drugs or alcohol or all the rest of it. Um, you have seen happy attorneys as well that do try and manage both of these things. And I wonder if we could take this last part of the podcast and kind of focus on some of those things about what um, is, is the better way or the better goals that you're actually trying to achieve. Um, the real reasons of what you're doing in your career. Do you have any uh, answers or thoughts about that? Yeah, so I think I think you're I think the problem I, I don't think there's anything wrong with being um, you know charged up and, and working extremely hard and, and being a successful attorney in certain types of environments. As a matter of fact, I think it's a great thing. 
Um, but I think that a lot of times people are doing these things for the wrong reasons. I mean, a lot of times I'll talk to these extremely successful attorneys and I'll talk to them about, you know, why they're doing what they do and stuff. And I can remember several conversations that I've had, you know, with very, very successful, um, you know, attorneys. And, you know, a lot of times there'll be there's something with their father in the past or, you know, their father wasn't successful or their father was successful and told them they wouldn't be successful. You know, so they were trying to fill things that way. But the most successful people, I think, come at it from a sense of, um, you know, providing value. So, I mean, for me personally, like, I work very hard. Like, I work, you know, I mean, I work so hard and for so long sometimes that, like, you know, I, I realize that I, you know, I need to take a break. I'm like, you know, I worked every day for the past 15 days. It doesn't make any sense. Like, I have to, like, at least take, you know, some time off here and, um, you know, and, and I like work, but I do it when I work, I don't do it from a sense of like, I need it for my ego. And that's what I've realized. I do it from a sense of, you know, like I'm very interested in, you know, uh, I want to see people get positions because I've, I've seen how important, you know, work is to people. And I, and I have respect for attorneys that have put all this effort into their careers and have, you know, tried really hard. And I know I have a lot of knowledge to send to help them with. And, I, and I have a similar philosophy, you know, with my children and a similar philosophy with my, you know, exercise and a similar philosophy with my significant other and my, you know, um, spiritual life. And, you know, so I think if you're guided by a philosophy, I think you can be, you know, very, very happy. And I think that, you know, I think when your philosophy is just trying to, you know, to, to feed this, um, uh, you know, addiction or, or, or need for, to, for approval, you know, interior, and, you know, and then I think that that's bad. And so, you know, I was talking to this person today, actually, and it was kind of funny. And, um, and he was saying something about, you know, so-and-so is a, you know, a sex, sex and relationship addict or something. And I was like, well, what the hell's that, you know? And because I, I mean, I honestly, I didn't know. And I'm not, you know, naive. I just, I mean, I, I didn't know. And um, and, you know, and the idea is when someone's addicted to something, like, they're just looking for their next fix. They're just always on the hunt for their next fix. So, you know, someone that would be like, a, you know, like, a, you know, like, a, I don't know, like, if you're addicted to gambling, as an example, like, you would always be thinking about gambling and looking to gamble and finding ways to gamble because just of that little endorphin charge you get from it. And so I think it's the same thing with the ego, like, you know, some people are just addicted to, you know, feeding this ego over and over and over again. And it's unhealthy. It's no, it's just as unhealthy as it would be being a gambling addict or something like that. And I think, you know, I think the people that do the best are guided by some higher purpose to what they're doing. So, you know, like one very successful uh, attorney that I know, like, he has this philosophy that, you know, his goal, you know, is to find, you know, mutually beneficial solutions when people are fighting about something. And he's a litigator. And I think that's a great, you know, a great objective, like, you know, and that really motivates him. And he's done very, very well, because he's honestly, like, concerned with helping other people, you know, get better, uh, you know, and do better. So, um, you know, that those are some of the, I mean, that's, that's one of the things I think, but I just, I see so many people just, you know, constantly, like, just dealing with their ego and I, and I hate it. Yeah. And I, I think that's really the good place to end here with this final point about why you're so passionate about sharing this is because you, you see people falling the same traps again and again, and they're largely traps of their own creation. And, um, 
is it, it must be difficult when you encounter those people because you're so in, you know, that kind of reality distortion uh, field that they create around themselves to try and puncture through that and try and kind of shake them out of it and, and reorient their perspective. It must be very difficult to do um, when you try and do it. I mean, how do you try and broach those subjects with them? Well, it's hard. I mean, you can't a lot of times get people off that, that train and, you know, and, and then, you know, one thing that, you know, and it's when you take a look at like these uh, people that have been, you know, very, um, you know, unsuccessful and have, you know, done bad things and Ponzi schemes and so forth. Uh, I'm just was watching a show about that the other day. Like most of the time it's about their ego and they, it's almost sociopathic. But when you take a look, like I know a lot of, uh, you know, very successful people that I can think of. And, you know, when they died, I, uh, you know, and I knew them, I, I thought about them. And the, the thing that stuck out to me the most is that they were all guided by some, you know, philosophy. And they, they took that philosophy, you know, and it was a, something exterior to themselves. It wasn't about them. They took that philosophy, like, extremely seriously. And, and that philosophy guided them and made, made them help people and, and make, made the world a better place. Whereas, you know, people that are just about them, you know, it's just kind of this, you know, I don't know, it's... It, it's it's they're only doing something, you know, for themselves' sake. I mean, they're not doing it because they have any sort of higher belief. And it and it could be like one example I was just thinking of recently was I was doing some work on a, a bathroom in my house, and uh, the person that I usually hire to do work uh, I couldn't find, so I hired these people from uh, you know this online site, and they came out and were just horrible about it and you know, did a horrible job and didn't care about the work and wanted to get paid every day. And, um, you know, when I finally got in touch with a person that, you know, did good work, I mean, he, he had um, last been here like six months ago. And, uh, you know, and I owed him like four or $5,000. Uh, but he hadn't even come by because he was so busy doing work for other people because everything he does, he does really well. And there's always demand for his work and he doesn't need to get paid every day. And, he does good work and doesn't make trouble. And so I, you know, someone that just is a really good craftsman or really good at whatever they do, you know, um, is, is rare, you know, and he does it, he, he takes his work seriously and does things right because he cares about it. And I just think those are really good kind of values to have. It's a great place to end things. Harrison Barnes, thanks for making time for me. All right. Thanks a lot. That's all the time we have for this edition of the show. If you're an attorney looking for a change, go to bcgsearch.com.